0: Brothers and sisters, welcome back to the XX Borman Podcast. I'm your host. I'll be conducting this meeting. I'm Elder Jackson, and up here on the stand, we have, of course, as always, our wonderful, beautiful, handsome uh, Bishop Jensen.
1: Yes, welcome. My uh, my loyal sheep to our, our fold.
0: Yes, yes, we, we are a beautiful flock. We are a wonderful flock. Um, please... Uh, I was gonna try and make like some some cultish sounding phrase mm-hmm. like yeah. we are a beautiful flock we are a wonderful flock. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the that's, only true that's what flock we always say. I watched this yeah. movie, uh, Cosmic Dawn. Have you heard of this movie? No. <laughs> it is. It's like you. I watched it and um, I was doing something on my phone at the same time as watching this movie, so I was kind of distracted, not all there. Um, but after watching it, I was like, that wasn't like bad necessarily, Mm -hmm. right? Like it wasn't like the room where everything, like nothing makes any sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was like, it was almost bad enough to become a cult classic, but not quite. And it was almost good enough to be a decent movie. Uh, um, yeah. so it was like in this weird limbo where after watching it, I just felt conflicted. If anybody else has seen cosmic dawn, um, let me know. I think I, I watched it. I think it was on crave in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, which means I have no idea where it is in the U S and I think that's places. usually
1: HBO. It's a okay, yeah. affiliate. Yeah,
0: yeah. It might, it might be, it might be on HBO. Uh, or something else elsewhere but um yeah it was weird it was so weird it was about a cult so i was kind of like excited and i thought Mm -hmm. maybe this will give me something interesting to talk about on the xx mormon podcast but uh no if you watch the movie you'll realize why uh why it gave me nothing to talk about because after (laughs) uh, like as it was wrapping up i was like okay let's see let's see how they end this and then it ends and i'm like what no (laughs) wait what uh it was kind of dumb um but in like not a bad way i don't know i'm really conflicted about this movie i gave it three stars because it it wasn't the worst thing ever but also kind of a waste of my time anyways um we're we're talking about other types of wasting time today that is a bureaucracy do you want to introduce this topic yeah. to us bishop i'll turn the time over to you now
1: thank you thank you so i found a business insider article it was called the Be- 16 best ways to sabotage your organization's productivity from a cia manual published in 1944 uh written by richard filoni on november 5th 2015 just in case in uh, fact copy
0: father yeah. of dave filoni just kidding i don't know <laughs> Uh okay, is this field manual? Was was this manual like, um, actually so, like what they were trying to do? So or? what?
1: What? So the the precursor to the CIA was the Office of Strategic Services. Yeah. And so I, for the uninitiated, the CIA is basically responsible for like probably every coup and and government overthrow and uh, you know in the world. Um so in nineteen forty four as the US is start and, and the allies are, are moving through France and into Germany, they start distributing this manual that tells um it would tell the uh what do you call it? the resistance fighters this is how you can sabotage you know productivity in factories to slow down the Nazi war machine.
0: Okay, so this was right? intentional, this was yeah. this wasn't like their actual manual that the cia relied on this was like them sabotaging yeah okay
1: gotcha so it's called the simple sabotage field manual and as i read it i laughed because so many things reminded me of ward council meetings Mm -hmm. and so i just wanted to go through and and kind of turn over some memories from some of my worst experiences in the church and and compare it to the 16 points um listed here in this article from the simple sabotage field manual. Um, so the first one is insist on doing everything through channels, never s- permit shortcuts to be taken in order to expedite decisions. Um, so Dallin H. Oaks literally used the term established channels when referencing personal revelation. <laughs> and uh, so fun fact about, he said this in a 2010 general conference talk, but he reorganized my stake in 2006, and he spoke about the two channels of revelation. And then he came to my mission in 2007 and then talked about these two channels of revelation. So you have the personal channel and you have the, I don't know what he called it, the priesthood channel.
0: Right. and it. But the personal channel always has to line up with the priesthood with channel. With the priesthood channel. Right. And there's the priesthood no, channel. There's no superseding the priesthood yeah.
1: channel. And the priesthood channels the one that is basically like the bishop in the word council yeah it's just church bureaucracy yeah (laughs) so there we are right there we even have you know a prominent leader of the church suggesting making sure everything goes through the correct channels yeah which is he doesn't even say do you know what sometimes just use your own damn judgment forget the spirit yeah um and just try things and live your life you
0: always have Um, to ask for permission
1: yeah. Although I have did, you-
0: I did have a bishop who told us to uh, do things first and ask for forgiveness later. Later. Yeah. That that was one of, one of my bishops taught us that. Particularly when we were doing young men's camps that weren't technically right. by the book. He's like, yeah. just don't tell me what you're doing. And then right. you know, oh, oops, I had no idea that was in the handbook, Bishop. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, so we, we had fun in that ward, but then I've been in yeah. other wards where you're sitting in ward council and it's like the craziest circle jerk about mm-hmm. nothing.
1: Um, because they're talking about like whether or not things are going according to the handbook, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's another part of <laughs> going through the proper channels is like, are we, I've been in those ward council meetings where it's just like, you're sitting in this meeting talking about whether or not we followed the procedure manual correctly. Yeah. Yeah. We're not really talking about how to help people. It's like, well, did they fill out the right form or did they, are we supposed to help in this situation or do they have to figure it out themselves? Blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah. So I think, yes, there's definitely a lot of confusion over whether or not people are using the right channels and probably more discussion about using the right channels and actually getting anything done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, there, there was one, uh, Ward conference or not ward conference? Mm-hmm. Ward council that I was sitting in. Um, yeah. I was the elders' quorum secretary, but I guess nobody yeah. like in the actual presidency ever yeah. wanted to go. So I'd always show up because I was Mister Righteous Elder Jackson, and mm-hmm. um, and there there was one where the bishop suggested something, and then his second counselor said, "Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a pretty good idea, Bishop," and then mm-hmm. the bishop repeated his idea and said so this is what we're going to do and then his other counselor says yeah you know what i think that's a good idea and then also repeated the idea it was half an hour of talking about the same idea of everybody just saying i think that's a good idea Mm -hmm. so definitely uh, a little bit of sabotage um well not sabotage knowingly they they thought they were you know just reaffirming by the mouth of two or three witnesses
1: um, yeah, yes, I know. Like the endless circle jerks on like finding the right fellowshipper, yeah, and it's like that, uh, yeah. Um, so the next one is make speeches and talk as frequently as possible and at great length, illustrate your points by long anecdotes and accounts of personal experiences,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I can't tell you like how many. I sit in a lot of work meetings and I've sat in a lot of church meetings and there is never a time where like in a work meeting, even at the worst work meeting I've ever been to, it's usually based on some kind of report or facts or information Mm -hmm. of some kind. But in every church meeting, there's no report that anybody looks at. Yeah. There's no facts that are being discussed. It's just like, well, do you know what? I had this one idea and actually it reminded me of this spiritual experience I had on my (laughs) mission. Let me tell you all about it. And that is like, that is every, every, every church meeting you've ever sat in is like long, not to mention testimony meeting being like the pinnacle of this. I know it serves like a different purpose, but every church meeting, there's no facts or data that anybody's really talking about. There's no real goal that anybody's trying to achieve. Yeah. Like I never sat in a meeting, a bishopric, ward counselor, priest executive committee meeting where they said, our attendance is this. Our tithing is this. Our bills are this. Do you know but what I mean? I, there's we need no to,
0: actual information.
1: Yeah, we have a we, like we have a surplus. We have a deficit. We need to drive uh, donations harder. We need to. What can we do to increase uh, attendance by ten percent? It was just like, no, we got to go through this line by line and identify these less actives who could come back. Yeah and then a bunch of people telling stories about their missions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, because with the church's fourfold mission to mm-hmm. proclaim the gospel, perfect the saints, redeem the dead, and serve the poor and needy, they don't mm-hmm. really, um, like, give a like a way to, to do that. They're kind of like, oh, follow Jesus, like, read the scriptures and pray. <laughs> and it's like, okay, 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 okay. But, like, how do I... Pro- claim the gospel oh well go on a mission
1: well like and we'll it's send kind you on a mission. like even if that's actually the objective of your organization then in your meeting it's okay how many members of our church reached out to non-members how many non-members did we have how many less active members did we have yeah okay how much of it is that as a percentage of our total attending membership yeah how do we get that percentage from five percent up to ten percent what do you think would be a good idea okay what's the problem with that idea Mm -hmm. What could go wrong with, you know what I mean? Like actual discussions. Nobody has the other part. I think the church connects personal anecdote to personal revelation and feeling the spirit. So nobody actually knows to have a conversation on facts and problems. It just spirals into testimony. And and by bearing my testimony in this meeting more, we should feel the spirit more and then be led more.
0: Well, and proclaim the gospel. Like they don't really talk about the results they're getting, right? Which you oh, know you might want to do. We all if know you're they're tr- terrible if you are trying to get people mm-hmm. to join. Uh, you gotta, like, you gotta look at the results and try and figure out, okay, why why did these numbers suck so bad? Like, mm-hmm. what what is happening? Um, so, I mean, there is that, and then because, yeah, what you are talking about with personal anecdotes, people get up in church. And just talk about, you know, I gave a book of Mormon away today, and I'm so glad to have planted the seed. Like, Mm -hmm. that seed is not going to grow. That person is not interested. It's not a good seed. And then perfect the saints. You have uh, perfecting the saints in there, which they only try to do by, (laughs) um, like, by shame and guilt around, like, the sacrament, Um, you know. So, Cool. Um, redeem the dead. They plan temple trips, so I mean, good for them. Lots of um, lots of taking names to the temple uh, and serve the poor and needy. That honestly, that is probably the most important thing on this list, and they do the least of it. So yeah, they're doing a great job with their mm-hmm. with their mission.
1: Well, that like if those are the four objectives of the church, like I know. Okay, so one of the businesses I work in our objectives, um, quality, which is designed, which is sorry, defined as a percentage of warranty warranty is a percentage of total revenue. It's uh, on-time completion with, you know, we have X percentage of on-time completion as a target, um, our gross margin being a, a certain percentage. Um, and so every meeting we have focuses on achieving those three objectives, right? And we know exactly how close ahead or behind we are on those objectives. Yeah. Does anybody in the church know number of unique names submitted for temple work, number of names processed from baptism to endowment, number of names baptism and confirmation only, um, number of names uh, submitted with no ceilings performed?
0: Yeah. Number of people married in the temple, number of... New members, number of people Mm -hmm. baptized at eight versus as like a, you know, convert at nine, right? right? Like what, how effective are they actually being, right? But no, nobody knows, like how many people actually show up to church,
1: right? Which is incredible because like what makes people hate their jobs is when they feel like they're not contributing to the overall success of the organization, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And when they don't see what their role does in the bigger picture and how it contributes to the bigger picture. But that's and,
0: that's why in the, in the church they tell you, just bring one soul unto me. How great <laughs> shall be your, will be your joy. joy.
1: Okay, like I brought the one soul, so now I'm off? I think well, like people hate temple work because <laughs> they don't know if they're winning or losing.
0: Right, if the person is accepting <laughs> it on the other side.
1: Well, they don't even know if like... Are we actually redeeming the debt? Like how much of the debt have we redeemed? (laughs) (laughs) Like hardly any, like none. Right? Because the score is so depressing, it might actually end up being worse, but nobody knows what they're contributing to, right? Yeah. And then you usually end up getting some kind of enigmatic bishop who understands how to put goals and objectives together and puts like, we are going to index 50,000 names by the end of the year. and They've got like a chart on the board in the the hallway. And it's like, this is how close we are to indexing (laughs) 50,000 names. But he's the only ward that's tracking progress, and and so even once you finish that, it's like, well, our, did that help us win? And it's like nobody knows.
0: Nobody knows. We'll find out when yeah. we get there. But that's I think that's part of why they build so many temples. Uh, yeah. is, is because it looks good. Like it's the illusion of progress. It's the illusion mm-hmm. of success. Yeah. Right. That's why. That's why. Um. Cities like building new skyscrapers because it makes them feel like we're growing see like we're we're growing we're developing even though the city has like a 30 percent vacancy rate of their Mm -hmm. offices like they're not even using the space they have
1: yeah for sure okay let's move on to the next two um being when possible referral matters to committees for further study and consideration and to make the committee as large as possible never less than five Yep. And then the other one being bring up irrelevant issues as frequently as possible. So just those two connected being, being make a big committee and then bring up irrelevant issues as frequently as possible. So in, and I know the names have changed, but Bishop Rick meeting is Bishop two counselors, executive secretary and the clerk, five people. Then you <laughs> add make it the priesthood executive committee. You've now added elders quorum president, high priest group leader, which I guess would just be elders Corn president now. So now we've got six people. Then ward council is just this cluster of, of <laughs> like a board disaster. meeting with the yeah. most incompetent people usually that you will ever see all bringing up irrelevant stuff. And the reason why it's all irrelevant is because nobody actually knows what is relevant. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's no... Uh... And then when you feed in this idea that you should follow the promptings of the spirit, Mm-hmm. And that spirit will guide you in what you should do. People are just blurting out like random crap. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's like um, when I was on the I was what was it like the ward activities committee? There was mm-hmm. this ward was so small that everybody mm-hmm. everybody had like at least two callings. I had three callings at this time, yeah. and uh, we I was on the ward activities committee. And I literally just went and sat in these meetings. and It was so dumb. It was me and five other people. There were six of us in there. And um, it was all just about figuring out who was going to pick up the chicken, when and where, and how, and which store has the best deal for it. And it, it just totally pointless. Absolutely pointless. And then, um, yeah, and then... There was there was one time this wasn't a a committee or like a ward council or anything, but I think this displays. Speaking of anecdotes to draw out the time, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think this illustrates it pretty well. We were in an institute class, and um, TB. I don't know if you know the uh, institute teacher. I'm I'm talking oh, yeah, about. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's giving this lesson, and he said and he's talking about like i think it was either tb or lm but uh they're giving this lesson and they're talking about like the wolf in sheep's clothing right Mm -hmm. and this person in the class because they're like does anybody have any thoughts about you know the wolf in sheep's clothing and then this person in the class she raises her hand And she says, I just think it's awful that wolves are always painted as the bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Uh, god! And she wasn't intentionally sabotaging. But this was, like, the funniest thing because she spent at least five minutes of this class, Mm -hmm. like – criticizing (laughs) criticizing the scriptures for using the wolf as the bad guy for being like why is the wolf always the bad guy like what did the wolf do to you and it's like well okay actually you know i can see good reasons why this is a good illustration for a wolf in sheep's clothing right but it was just so funny to me that she was like nitpicking (laughs) like that um yeah, so that's a, a that, great like, example. But that, she's probably feeling
1: time. moved upon by the spirit to say this, and, and in defense it, of wolves. Well, which is highly relevant to a, I mean, they call the thing the Institute of Religion, and right. Imagine you're like from Harvard Divinity School, and you just see this building that's called the Institute of Religion. You're, I wonder what they're talking about in there. <laughs> oh, the New Testament is unfair to wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Like am I on an episode of Family Guy? Like this is <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, and
0: yeah, the Institute of Religion is a, a, a pretty um, uh, bloated.
1: Well, that's like, like you start seeing that in MLMs, right? When right. With the titles that they give you,
0: yeah, and You're the, a diamond platinum.
1: I was actually I was looking at World Financial Group because I got a message for somebody trying to recruit me to World Financial Love
0: Group WFG. Yeah, so great. And
1: they call they call their higher level sales managers like CEOs. Yeah.
0: Well, like the, they just <laughs> the thing yeah. that drives me most insane about MLMs is that the people within it call themselves entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it's like entrepreneur has gotten so watered down. Yeah. And uh it's it's like they don't you don't own any IP. Like you're not mm-hmm. You're not an entrepreneur. Um, I'm self-employed and I wouldn't even consider myself an entrepreneur. I'm a freelancer. I edit podcasts. Yeah. That's how I pay my bills. I don't own any like fancy intellectual property that I'm selling like I just provide a service. that's it yeah yeah, um, yeah. so it just that like irks me so much and then they call them CEOs when when they reach the top of the pyramid. Speak-
1: Speaking of bringing up irrelevant issues as frequently as possible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think there's one, I know we don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but this is the one that just made me laugh like out loud when I read this article was haggle over precise wordings of communications, minutes Mm -hmm. and resolutions. Mm -hmm. And that is what the church is all about is haggling over precise wordings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everything has to be just, just right
1: like what there's that one thing that like every priest says wrong in the sacrament prayers that they may eat. I think they always say that they may eat it. And it's supposed to oh. be that they may eat in remembrance of the body right. of thy son. Right. Yeah. But they always say that they may eat it because the one before with the water, it's like that they may drink of it. So because yeah. of things so rote and boring, they're like mentally just substituting bread for water. Right. Cause they're like, this is the same prayer, just bread and water. But it's like, and then they have to go give the approving look to the bishop. Yeah. And the bishop has to nod, say yay or nay. And it's yeah. like, oh, oops, I said that they may eat it. Yeah. my Instead of they may eat. My and same God bishop, is really, really concerned about this.
0: My same bishop who said it was better to just apologize later than to mm-hmm. uh, ask for permission. He, with the sacrament, on Fast Sunday, he told us to bring buns. He's like mm-hmm. bring bring more bread on fast Sunday <laughs> and and, and
1: break bigger pieces of bread
0: Yeah and he came up I remember it was like I was 16 and he comes up to the table and I'm sitting there you know ready to be a righteous priesthood holder and bless the sacrament and he flips open the the tablecloth over the sacrament. He flips it open. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, okay, make sure that you break big pieces, okay? Everybody here is hungry. And he takes the bread, and he rips it off. He, like, rips off a piece. He's like, like this big. And then he just puts (laughs) it back in the tray and closes it. Yeah. So he's, like, breaking it beforehand, which, ooh, you know, spooky. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, showing us how big of of piece he wants. So on Mm -hmm. Fast Sunday, we would literally... Uh, because the bishop goes first, we would always make sure that it was like half of a bun was his yeah. piece of sacrament. Was like a whole <laughs> half of a bun, and then he yeah. it was so big he had to take bites, and then people, <laughs> and then people in the in the congregation would like complain. To yeah. our young men's leaders being like, the yeah. boys are breaking the bread too big. Like I have to take it in multiple <laughs> bites. Well, they'd like get upset about it uh, yeah. with us. But uh and then there there was another time. This is the more relevant story. Again, mm-hmm. sabotaging uh for time. <laughs> the we're, podcast. we're really, we're really trying to stretch this episode out, if you can't tell. Um uh there was one time where somebody said the sacrament prayer. Mess it up like four times, and they mm-hmm. kept messing it up in like different ways and on the yeah. fourth fourth time, the bishop was just like yeah you're you're good. like it was still not right,
1: but like yeah.
0: who cares right like big deal, and,
1: and you're destroying the confidence of teenagers,
0: yeah, yeah, you're sitting there, it's like the scariest <laughs> no down. public
1: humiliation, yeah, right?
0: our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed yeah. be thy name um yeah, which the bishop's kid. Here's another anecdote to waste time. The bishop's kid once was asked to give a prayer and uh, give the closing prayer, and he just said the Lord's prayer. So that was a uh, we had good times. Uh, just a little bit of just a little bit of like sabotaging the system. Yeah, but anyways, back to talking about how to sabotage.
1: So that's like at the employee level. And then it gave some more for like the man, what managers can do to lower the morale of employees. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple here I found relevant insist on perfect work in rel- relatively unimportant products, send back for refinishing those which have the least flaw. So I know we just kind of talked about that, like with the sacrament prayers, um, So uh, insisting on perfection for this weekly blessing on the bread and the water. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one being like the correct name of the church. Yeah. Um, Can you think of any others? Russell, I think has been really good for insisting on perfection on things that don't really matter. Yeah. Just as a way to uh, decrease morale. Anything else pop out to you?
0: Um, Hmm. That's a good question. I know. For the sacrament, what's funny about the sacrament is that they demand this perfection from for the way that you know the way that you say it. But then mm-hmm. when I ask, uh, when I ask, like, hey, my parents are divorced, and like I was born in the covenant, but their covenant is broken, like they're not married anymore. Uh, what fine, hap- what happens to me? Like, yeah. am I still sealed to them? Because that sealing's gone. And they just say, ah, it'll get worked out in the hereafter. But then with the sacrament prayer, they're they're like, it has to be
1: perfect. This exacting perfection. Uh, otherwise,
0: and, otherwise, God won't understand.
1: Exactly. I would agree that, that that is a very interesting one. The fact that they can answer in minute detail for things that don't matter. Yeah. And any real big questions of the soul, it's like...
0: Oh, I lost internet. Sorry, guys. This will take just a second uh, as we get bishop jensen back here i'm going to i'm going to just just chat for a second uh, it reminds me of this time you know when um you know when elder oaks um talked about oh what was it he was saying how um oh he was laughing at that lady who was like worried about her eternal future or it was like her husband who was Oh, what if he marries somebody else? and Oakes just laughed at her um yeah it's it's like that why do they why do they do that? I'm sorry, uh lost the internet connection clearly bishop jensen is is the funny one. he's the comedic relief, but let me see if I've got some good memes to share with you. I'm obviously very nervous without my holy sacred priesthood leader. um, let's see. Uh, let's see, saved memes. Oh, here, here's one. It's a, I'll describe it. Coming to you live in described video. Uh, there, there's a person wandering in the desert and they're clearly dehydrated. They're dying. They're, they're suffering big time. But then the, uh, they, they see a little stand and it says water on it and they're all excited. They're like, wow, this is amazing. And then the next slide is them walking away because as they got closer they realized that it said sparkling water. Um, so yeah there's there's that. Um, you know I have terrible internet out here, but I'm I'm honestly amazed that this is the first time it's cut out during a recording. Uh, let's see if we can reconnect now. Uh, dun, dun, dun. I'm in the middle of nowhere right now. that's why the uh, internet, is, uh, cutting, cutting out. So I hope you've enjoyed this little time. I don't edit this podcast, so you're just going to have to sit and, and listen to me. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a a story, maybe there's a story I can read to you. Uh, just give me a second. I'll, I'll grab a book over here. This is, this is from my, uh, archaeology textbook. This is actually, uh, relates very well to um so so it says north american archaeological pioneers this relates trust me two themes dominate the study of north american archaeology in the 19th century the enduring belief in a vanished race of mound builders and the search for glacial man so i actually thought that the mound builders thing was like a I don't know, like a not, that I thought that was like a local, you know, not necessarily common, but something that was kind of thought, um, yeah, it turns out that was like really common in early North America. So congratulations, Joseph Smith, for not having an original thought in your head. Okay, we have it, uh, we have the internet back here. Let's see. Let's see if we've got Bishop back. Bishop Jensen, I've just been talking to the mic cuz I didn't feel like stopping recording and having to do editing. So I just kind of chatted with the audience. So you're going to have to listen back. Oh, we got back in the internet cutout. Okay, just give me give me a second here, folks. This is really embarrassing. Um I'm just going to use my personal hotspot. Da, 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 da. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing. Thy is it grace or praise? Hey, Bishop, oh my gosh. can you hear You're me? Doing the
1: pop pop tracks of LDS hymns. Yeah, I uh, yeah. yeah I was
0: singing, talking about mound builders. Uh, told a little anecdote about uh, oaks. Uh, yeah, just having a really really good time. I'm sure the. Uh, i'm I'm sure the audience loved hearing from me so much yeah um, wasting time but uh yeah anyways do you wanna I'm sure they'd love to hear your voice now do you have do you have what, something to this, say
1: What was the last thing on record for me uh on record for you, let's
0: see uh yeah, no, I don't remember sorry i okay like I was
1: talking about sins and repentance, me. just in terms of like insisting on perfection and the unimportant, yeah. So it was like somebody comes in, confesses a, a sexual sin or whatever. No questions asked about, are you doing things to make sure that you're doing this in a healthy way? Are you mm-hmm. okay mentally and emotionally? Yeah. There's no concern for the individual. It's like under or over the clothes. What color is your underwear? Did you premeditate <laughs> this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Same thing with word of wisdom. We want to the an addiction. details. Do we need to take you to an addiction center? Do you need help? It's like, how many cigarettes do you smoke? How do we get you to detox today?
0: Yeah. The church probably has more data on people's sexual exploits than it does mm-hmm. on, like, actual useful information. Information, <laughs> Also, yeah. you can turn your video back on. I'm, I, uh, I fixed the internet. Oh, thank you. I want to see your beautiful face, Bishop. My face? Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, no, it's like wild the 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 amount of mundane silly things that uh that the the church seems to seems to care about Um,
1: another uh, another one here to lower morale and with it production be pleasant to inefficient workers give them undeserved promotions i can't think of a more undeserved promotion for anybody than a church calling yeah yeah it is so haphazard in how these decisions are making made. There is no real consideration for whether or not the person like what's the job description. Does this person have the skill to do this job? Is this person willing to do this job? Like unless you're the chorister or the organist or the piano player, there's no real consideration for qualifications for anything.
0: Yep. Yeah. None. We had a, we had a Bishop growing up. Who mm-hmm. uh, actually? We had a couple that my mom didn't like, uh, and mm-hmm. that we knew that we knew she didn't didn't like them. Um, but she is very deferential to authority, and mm-hmm. she always told us how her patriarchal blessing says to consult with her bishop often. So every time there was a new bishop, she'd go in and say, "Well, my patriarchal blessing says I have to talk to you," uh, and uh, she would. <laughs> <laughs> consult with the bishop but there was one time one of our bishops she she told us she said yeah i think this calling is more for him to grow than for the war." which ward. is like yeah uh that should not like that's Completely not a absurd. reason to become an ecclesiastical leader is like mm-hmm. i think it'll be a good experience for me like uh maybe consider the people that you're you know that are in your flock in your fold
1: mm-hmm no, I agree. And so the other thing you find I think is that men in particular receive these leadership callings with no rhyme or reason and then other men who feel qualified and looked over are like what the heck? Yeah. Like and it like and it's just weird. Yeah. And so for sure you'd have, if you could say to somebody, if it was like, okay, we're looking to put in place a new Bishop, anybody who's interested to be the Bishop, submit a hundred word essay on why you think you'd be a Bishop, here's the responsibilities and here's what's required out of a Bishop and blah, blah, blah. Are you interested? And then, you know, you can put your name forward and then if you're not selected, you can get some closure and just like, but it's just got to be this weird, like, um, random kind of gift from God. Yeah. And, uh, cause sometimes there's people just based on their personality types, they might be a little bit more introverted or shy or whatever, but they would actually make a fantastic Bishop, Yeah. but they just don't know how to put themselves out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so they have to sit and wait, but they don't do anything that kind of stuns the organization. And then it's, you know, if they were able to put their name forward and say, Hey, I'd like to be considered for the Bishop. It might be like, oh, oh, we never thought about you before. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, and then there is the weird thing. So when they do the stake presidency, they have Mm -hmm. to have like a a 70 come out, right? Uh, Yeah. And then they do like this weird round of interviews with a ton of different people Mm -hmm. in the stake who kind of, you know, have their hat in the ring. Mm -hmm. And then they pick one. And then everybody who wasn't picked is like, Oh, I knew I was up for the, promo- you know, and it's like this weird yep. thing. Cause they act like, no, no, that's, we just wanted to meet the members in the stake. Right. You know, but yeah, because,
1: because the process for selecting, I know exactly, like I've heard probably secondhand from a couple different people who are in the running for stake president.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I've heard some things, but it, it, it seems more or less like a job interview, like at the stake president level and kind of beyond, that's where you, it seems like you start dealing with serious church administration. Right. Right. And so the church, you know, actually starts selecting these people like a, like a job interview. Right. And, um, but they, d- the process is so opaque so that they can make it seem like it's revelation. Right. Right. <laughs> and I think if the process was just a little bit more clear, then you know what, like plenty of people put their names in for jobs or, um, or promotions and they don't get them mm-hmm. and they move on because it's just like, thank you for your interest in being the state president after the de- deliberation and consideration. We've chosen to go with another candidate, but we appreciate your service in the Lord's kingdom. And we'll be looking to find another position for you or something like that. Right. And it's okay. Yeah. I put my name in, gave it the old college, it, didn't get the job, whatever. Yeah. You know, what? in hindsight, maybe I don't actually care that much, but because it's like this weird selection from God process, if you get interviewed, by the general authority who comes down mm-hmm. and then you don't get picked and you don't get put on the high council. You don't get put on the state presidency as a counselor, even it's it feels, why God rejects yeah,
0: me. Yeah. It feels like a rejection from God.
1: Yeah. And for sure. I think people at that level who would be in consideration for stake president are probably so highly committed that they will, will grin and bear it and start putting mm-hmm. the best foot forward. But I imagine on a global scale, there's got to be lost productivity and drama from the fallout of this. Absolutely. I think, like, like in Calgary, where the church culture is stronger, um, I think you'll probably find people who grin and bear it. But I can remember on my mission, knowing people who are passed over for bishop, and a lot of grumble, grumble, grumble.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, the next uh, what's what's next? Our little
1: hold conferences when there is more critical work to be done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Honestly, okay, here's, here's what I think about this. I think this is the, the temple. The temple is like the most uh, silly, useless, pointless thing that the church does, that church members do when it's like you could be like out serving food to the poor and needy. Like you could mm-hmm. be doing something actually useful. <laughs> Instead, you go to this weird cult movie club. And uh, and the film's not even good
1: anymore. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think from the church's perspective, they see that as being vitally important. One thing that is, I would say, probably used to be important, but has become completely unimportant, is the general conference. Yeah. Like, it is basically, we get these Enzyme talks 11 months, a year, 10 months a year. Like, we just get Enzyme articles from general authorities. But now we need these people to stand up for six hours and read the their enzyme articles to us. Yeah. There's not actually any important business that gets done at a general conference. Yeah. Right? There's no real important communication that happens there. Well no doesn't he, really happen he
0: changed, he changed home teaching into ministry. That was you know a wild revelation.
1: But he could have like that could have been communicated in a in a letter read by bishops, right? Right. Yeah. So it the, is very like, pointless. That that meeting is extremely pointless, and it like it. I know that the, I agree with you that the temple is kind of like, why bother saving the dead when we could be saving the living? Yeah. Well, do you know what? Maybe that's even like the church has its priorities mixed up because it's not doing a lot to save the living, but it sure is doing a lot to save the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I get, okay, I've, I've walked in a big circle and ended up agreeing with you. That's what. Um,
0: that's what always happens. that's how that's how this world works
1: yeah um but then even i was i remember going through this and i was getting really really fed up this was as i was like kind of trying to make it work and i hadn't come to the conclusion that i'd lost my testimony yet but i was serving in an elders quorum presidency and i was thinking about the amount of work meetings that i attended Mm -hmm. so we had kind of two uh production meetings uh per week uh, one was to kind of assess the the weekly production schedule. The other one was to kind of review where we went wrong in the last month. You know, mm-hmm. what jobs relate, where do we have quality issues and and how do we need to improve? Those were two purposeful meetings. Um, and then other than that, meetings were just kind of as needed. But then I was thinking about the church as like, okay, you have an elders quorum president, relief society president at back at this time, a high priest group leader. Young men's president, young women's president, Sunday school presidency. Every month, all these different presidencies meet together. Mm -hmm. And then a member from each of these presidencies comes to another meeting to meet with the bishop to talk about all the things that they talked about in their presidency meetings. And then they have like another meeting with only part of the word council to talk about things that women in Sunday school can't hear about. Right. Like, I was just like, this is layers and layers of meetings where it's just like, the Bishop just needs to meet with the, the relief society president, the state president, or and the the elders Quorum president, or like and get like, an email. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. A lot it's of stuff, like, can we- It's like, Hey, just a heads up. This is going on with so-and-so. Uh, we'd mm-hmm. like to request that maybe the relief society, you know, makes them a lasagna, right?
1: But like, it is just so weird that these things, David A. Bednar, organizational, um, what? Organizational behavior specialist. He has to know how inefficient these layers and layers of meetings are. Yeah. And there's other smart consultants working for the church. And it is, when you look at this, field manual for sabotage and how to run an inefficient organization to slow down the Nazi war machine. And you look at how the church runs itself. I feel like it's on purpose. Yeah.
0: It's gotta be.
1: So why, like, why do you think the church would do it on purpose?
0: Well, it's uh, like a control of the masses thing, right? Like it keeps, it just keeps people occupied, keeps people busy, keeps people from, you know, thinking like I've, I've talked with, with friends about this before, um, Mm -hmm. friends who don't like being alone because then they get stuck with their thoughts. Then they like actually have to think about things and, and find some way to enjoy their own company and appreciate their own company and stuff. And I'm like, maybe that's unhealthy, you know, like that you feel you need to be so busy and occupied all the time that you can't be introspective. I think that's part of it is that if they weren't so busy, they might actually stop and think about the organization
1: they're in. I think that was one of the problems I had was I was like, how can I be having so many meetings and Mm -hmm. the other, like, I was like, wait a minute, like in my business, we're dealing with money and numbers and 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 customers and real things and we sit in all these church meetings nobody knows what our tithing receipts are nobody knows what our expenses are they just kind of get paid by salt lake Mm -hmm. so we're not really even going through a real budget we're going through what salt lake told us we can spend yep um so we're not really dealing with and i'm not trying to say finances are super important but i think that's where in an earthly organization, that's where most of the hard decisions. It's some obvious
0: numbers that you can look at. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, um, so we're not even dealing with that and we're not dealing with reports and we're not dealing with home teaching statistics and nobody really knows what any of the statistics are. We never talked about head count. We never talked about trying to grow head count. Mm -hmm. It's like, these meetings are by design to just talk about people behind their backs. Yeah. But the way the church says gossip is focus on individuals,
0: not numbers
1: and, and not, not and helping individuals. And it's, Hey, have you ever wondered if maybe you just quit running such a crappy church? You wouldn't have to worry about individuals in crisis. Mm -hmm. Like, I just try to think if my work was like, no focus on individual things. Like anytime we have to really focus on an individual issue, it means it's a big fricking issue. Yeah. And our goal in focusing on the individual issue is this is an example of something that's happening all the time. How do we make sure this doesn't happen anymore? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But this, it's like, there's no like, Oh, why are these people disaffected from the church? Well, they're led away by Satan. There's no legitimate issues we can try and solve here. We need to, they need to change. Right. Yeah, How do love bomb them until they decide to change?
0: Well, and what, so what's interesting talking about that, one of my young men's leaders, I was complaining to him once about mm-hmm. this uh, girl at work who I had trained and she, she was making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he, he told me, cause he and his brothers um, own a couple businesses and they're pretty successful. And, he told me, he said, well, did you ever think that maybe, like, it's less about her and more an issue with your training with the way that you trained her? Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually, like, that was like a valuable insight for me. I was like, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, maybe I could have trained her her better. Um, going into it and, and looking at it, it was definitely her, uh, but uh, a, a valuable insight. <laughs> For something that I learned, yeah. but the church, the church doesn't do that. The church doesn't think, oh, maybe there's a problem with the system. Maybe you know, maybe we did something wrong. Like it's always they're they're the issue, right? Mm-hmm. They need to change if they're going to come back. Instead of finding a way that you know, maybe we are wrong. Like maybe they could be right.
1: Like the, funny you say that. I know when I first started getting into like a higher and fire position. I remember the first time I recommended somebody for dismissal and it was basically show me your training program. Yeah. Right. It was probably like the first assumption is the person's not the problem. Our system's got it is probably the problem. Have you actually given them a fair strike, uh, fair shot at it? And then where's the performance improvement plan mm-hmm. that you gave them where you clearly say, this is where you're not doing good enough. Here's where you need to do better. We're going to review every 30 days. And then, uh, like, if I hadn't done those two things, it was don't even bring it up. Yeah. Don't even bring up dismissal unless you've really evaluated, given this person a fair, fair kick at the can. But yeah, the church doesn't operate that way. It's like, did we really give this person a fair, fair try in the word? It's no, they need to repent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like they quit. That's it. They quit us.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Anything else on this? No, that's left. all I've got. Wow, look at that. I I mean, we yeah. came into this thinking we'd pull a 25-minute episode out of our butt and right. with with all our own self-sabotage and internet problems, we got uh we got like a 51-minute episode on our hands here.
1: So top quality.
0: Top quality. Look at that. Well, thank you very much brothers and sisters for joining us. Thank you Bishop for preparing this great Fifth Sunday lesson. Uh, Is it actually, I think it is the fifth Sunday, in fact, that we're recording this. It's going to be the first when this comes out. So thanks for joining us on this fast Sunday. Uh, We hope that you got big pieces of bread to eat, uh, leavened or unleavened, circumcised or uncircumcised, however you take it. Uh, I hope you have a lovely (laughs) rest of your Sabbath day. (laughs) Any final words, Bishop? None for me, Elder. All right, then in the name of lack of productivity uh we say these things amen amen